0: Welcome back to the Gulag, everybody. This is my first prolonged episode of Pravda, which is where I'm going through books. Um, If you guys watch the intro video that I did to this segment, I was just basically defining what liberalism was. I'm going to go through the intro of this book today. Uh, We'll see how far I get. I'm probably going to go like maybe a half hour. I'm not going to make this one super long. Some of the ones that I, once I get into this book, really, I'm going to maybe do a little bit longer episodes for you guys. Um, I really just want this to kind of be, uh, Going through ideas. So we have on this channel, just for some housekeeping for some of you guys that don't know, we have Peyton doing uh, you know, 12, 24-hour news cycles, different stories, picking the best ones that he can find. He's been doing an awesome job with that. Go check those out on the channel if you haven't. Um, it's important to talk about events. It's important to talk about the people that make events happen. That's necessary. That's that's what journalists today, like Brian Stelter, like the last video that Peyton talked about. That's what they suck at doing. That's what they don't do. They don't tell you the facts of the events or the people uh, manipulating and creating them. In fact, they do just that. They manipulate stories and they tell you wrong things that are happening in the world and in, in, with these events to really just get you to buy their narrative that's really fueled by their ideology, whether these people know it or not, whether these journalists know it or not, whether they're just getting paid off and being told what to say, someone behind the scenes is manipulate, manipulating people and doing this. So it's important for that to happen, which is why I'm glad to have Peyton here doing this. What I want to do is talk about the, underlying ideas behind the events and the people so that we can when we see events happening we're not only able to notice when we're being manipulated but we're able to understand why we're being manipulated and obviously that's a point right there that you have to understand why in order to understand that it's even happening in the first place so i am specifically going to pick books that i feel like do that the best um and that's really what this whole segment is going to be about it's going to be kind of like a if you guys like listen to the Jocko podcast, how he just sits there and he reads through books and he takes his time, that's essentially what I'm gonna do. I love that format and I think it's necessary. And I think we need more of that. And yeah, so that's what I'm gonna do. So I, if you guys didn't watch the original segment or the the intro, little intro seven minute clip that I did, I uh, it's this book, Cynical Theories by James L- James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose. They're brilliant people. Also, sorry, there's a train going by. And I hope you guys can't hear that through the microphone, but um, yeah, it's by James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose. And they wrote this book called Cynical Theories. It's about woke ideology. It's about modern leftism and it's defining all the different uh, underlying presuppositional beliefs and worldviews that make up what we're seeing today in our politics and in our social cultural atmosphere and all of that stuff so this book for anybody that hasn't heard of this book go pick up the book and read along it's amazing i've read through it once before it's been you know a month or so since i've since i've read any of it so i'm just kind of going to start fresh and like read it along with you guys and comment like comment as i go is essentially what i'm doing so we're going to start off i'm going to kind of recap for you guys that didn't hear the intro here so basically uh, they start off, and it's a great place to start. It's really the place to start if you're going to talk about this thing, defining what liberalism really is because you hear that thro- that term thrown around a lot, especially by people on the right or in the center, you know, even, even moderate left. It's thrown at the fringe radical left as if it's an insult, but the term liberal is actually a good thing. The pr- liberal principles are good. They're necessary. It's what our founding documents in the United States were based off of, liberalism. And they define what that is. They say the main tenets of liberalism are political democracy, limitations on the powers of government, the development of universal human rights, legal equality for all, for all adult citizens, freedom of expression, which freedom of speech is a necessary part of that. You need freedom of speech in order to, to be able to think clearly, which is why the left is so held on, the radical left, not liberals, the radical left is so held on on censoring speech and controlling what we say, what words we can and cannot use. Because in order to think clearly, you have to be able to, to speak clearly and to use words and vocabulary and it's, it's thoroughly and as holistically as possible. That's part of freedom of expression. Respect for the value of viewpoint, diversity, and honest debate respect for evidence and reason. And all of these things that they're saying, these liberal principles stem from the enlightenment school of thought. So this is essentially what led to the development, like all these amazing scientific and industrial uh, revolutions, you could say that have happened in the last several hundred years, including documents like the constitution were a result of the enlightenment school of thought. This is putting reason and, and, and intuition and intelligence and rationale and and this idea of logocentricism, which is actually a biblical principle of, of you know, having this idea that everybody has an idea that can be brought to the table and discussed. And the only way that we're going to find out what's true and what's good is if we put all the ideas on the table and sort through them. This is why censorship is such a bad thing, because it doesn't allow us to do this. So that's what that is. Separation of church and state, which is important, obviously. And freedom of religion, which is not freedom from religion, which a lot of people that preach on the fringe left, separation of church and state, they don't want any religion but their own, which is a religious belief in and of itself, paradoxically. So you have to keep that in mind. Religious belief is a good thing. The, the idea of religion is not let's go to church and and sing songs and, and do all these rituals. The religion in its purest sense is the, the the place in which we find our highest values. And that's what that means. That's why that is important. Because that's how people do that. It's necessary. It's not just important, it's necessary. Um, Where was I here? Let's see. These liberal values developed as ideals, and it has taken centuries of struggle against theocracy, slavery, patriarchy, colonialism, fascism, and many other forms of discrimination to honor them as much as we do still imperfectly today. But the struggle for social justice has always been strongest when it has cast itself as the defender of liberal values, the ones I just talked about, not what the radical left teaches today, not social justice, This is it's making that distinction. Uh, Strongest ones cast itself as the defender of liberal values, universally insisting that they be applied to all individuals. It's almost like every individual is necessary and important, not the group. That's liberalism. Leftism values the group over the individual and doesn't value any of these liberal principles because none of it matters because all the individual is is a mouthpiece for the group. You're expendable if you don't represent the group properly, which is why they justify getting rid of people so easily, whether that starts with censorship or the extreme forms of communism and Marxism like we've seen in the Soviet Union or Maoist China where they murdered tens of millions of people under this ideal that the group matters more. And any individual that, that might have an idea that, that goes against the, the group that is in power, I guess you could say, or wants to be in power, um, you're nothing but a blockade in the way and you should be demolished. In fact, it'd be stupid to not demolish that person. Um, it turns very genocidal very quickly. Um, It said, it must be noted that the general philosophical position that we call liberalism is compatible with a wide range of positions on political, economic, and social questions, including both what Americans call liberal and what Europeans call social democratic and moderate forms of what people in this country call, in all countries call conservative. So liberalism is this idea of, I mean, you can even think about it this way. So like for myself, for example. I would classify myself a conservative, first and foremost. But the reason why is because these liberal values stem from the, I guess you could say, ideological belief that I have that all people are created by God, that there is a designed order and objective order to this world that, that, is, that is put forth by God to, to provide the, the surest way for ultimate human flourishing. And the best way to do that is liberal principles. This idea of of valuing the individual, of letting people express themselves and think and speak as they wish and and having honest debate and risking being offensive even if it means telling the truth. That's what it means. The philosophical liberalism is opposed to authoritarian movements of all types, but uh, but they, left or right wing, secular or theocratic liberalism is thus best thought of as shared common ground, providing a framework for conflict resolution and one within which people with a variety of views on political, economic and social questions can rationally debate the options for public policy. Exactly. James Lindsay and Alvin Pluckers nailed it with that definition right there. I really, I, I, that's, That sums it all up right there. And then they they go on to say this. However, we have reached a point in history where the liberalism and and modernity, modernism. So uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Postmodernism is a reaction to modernism. Modernism. They get into that in this book. We'll get to that. Getting ahead of myself here. See, that's the problem with going through books like this that you've already read, uh, at least for me. I have a a hard time just not going down rabbit trails and getting ahead of myself and then saying early what they're going to say later. So if you're listening, and I repeat myself sometimes, I apologize. Um, It says, however, we have uh, reached a point in history where liberalism and modernity at the heart of Western civilization are at great risk on the level of ideas that sustain them. The precise nature of this threat is complicated as it arises from at least two overwhelming pressures, one revolutionary and one reactionary. So this is an important thing. So, okay, before I get into, before I read on here, I just want to make a quick point. So, liberalism and conservatism, not leftism. Like what this book is criticizing leftism. It's making the distinction that although leftism uses the cloak of liberalism, it's not the same thing. Liberalism and conservatism, in its purest form, are necessary and good together. They have to work together. They have to both exist in order for us to to function properly as a society and as individuals. This applies all the way down to the this applies all the way down to the philosophical level, to the psychological level of how you interact even with yourself on a day to day basis and others in your neighbors, in your communities, so on, which politics is just downstream from all of those things. The point I'm making is liberals have, liberalism is about pushing the boundaries. It's about putting the new ideas on the table that might make, make people uncomfortable that might offend some people, right? It's about coming up with new ideas. This is why a lot of people, a lot of creatives and artists and, and, Entrepreneurs are liberal, technically speaking, and predominantly speaking, which is, again, downstream or upstream from politics. So that's why politically a lot of artists tend to be more on the left and entrepreneurs tend to be on the more on, more, more on the left is because of this idea. Because liberals are the ones that, that, that want to shift the status quo, that want to change it, and hopefully for the better. You need to change in order to grow is the idea and you need liberals for that. Conservatives are the ones that check it twice. They're the ones that they're the ones that with the changing and with the growing and with the pushing the brown boundaries, they're going to they're like the the uh, the sifter that sifts through what we should keep and what we shouldn't get rid of. You need both of those. Otherwise you're going to go off a cliff. If you go all the way to the left, which is what radical leftism is, you're going to you're going it's going to lead you to a anarchistic Uh, Destructive chaotic state. If you go all the way to the right, it's going to lead you to a dictatorial, totalitarian, totalitarian controlled uh, ethos. Do you see what I'm saying? That's the difference. And this is exactly, this is so important to understand if you're going to, if we're going to go any further with this. Uh, So it says one is revolutionary, one is reactionary to the fringe radical left, is what it's speaking of. Um, The reactionary. Or the the revolutionary is the left, the radical left, uh, the far left, and the revolution or the re, or sorry the revolutionary is yeah revolutionary is the far left, the reactionary is the far right. Um, it says that are waging war with each other over which illiberal direction our society should be dragged. Far right populist movements claim to be making a last desperate stand for liberalism and democracy against a rising tide of progressivism and globalism. Uh, are on the rise around the world. They are increasingly, now that's a good thing that they're doing that. And I would be part of that camp. And I understand the reaction. I understand the, and I'm guilty of this too, sometimes too much, the 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 uh, um, temptation to react into, as it says here, they're looking for, let's see, where was I? They're increasingly turning toward leadership and dictators and strongmen. I don't know if dictator part is necessarily accurate as far as most conservatives in this country go maybe around the world. I'm not sure. Um, And strong men who can maintain and preserve Western sovereignty and values. So there's a part of that that's necessary. You need strong, capable men in order to fight evil and in order to sustain society against the, the tidal wave that is radical fringe ideologies like uh, my postmodernism, like Marxism, like modern day wokeism, which is essentially what that is. So I understand that and I understand why people would want to react and almost, I understand why people would want to go too much to the right in that manner. Not saying it's oh, good to do, to go all the way that way, but I understand the reactionary uh, nature of it. It's kind of like what the, the, I don't know if you guys know anything about this. I know a little bit about this because I went to one of these schools in high school. Um, it's a fundamental Baptist school. They're very strict. You know, very strict on dress code and modesty and music and everything you could think of. They're very, very, very strict. And the, the, the way that started the fundamentalist movement, the fundamental Baptist movement, was a reaction to the ever increasing leftist uh, uh, ideological wave that was seeping through evangelicalism in the United States in the early 1900s. So these ideas, even that we're talking about, these ideas of oppressor versus oppressor. Proletariat bourgeoisie, these uh, uh, these like neo-Marxist ideals were seeping through the church even back then, and the fundamentalist movement arose because it was almost a pushback and a reactionary kind of like what he's talking about here, a reactionary uh, movement against that. Now they went too far, so that's an example of going too far. But I understand it's the the, the starting point of wanting to distance yourself from that is a good thing, right? um where was i here i'm reading this on my phone so sorry guys Uh, i lose my place here let's see here and then it says meanwhile far left progressive social crusaders big air quotes around social crusaders portray themselves as the sole and righteous champions of social and moral progress without which democracy is meaning meaningless and hollow these on our furthest left not only advance their cause through revolutionary aims that openly reject liberalism as a form of oppression, which we'll get to a lot of this stuff that I'm reading, it's going to sound confusing, but then they'll explain everything they're saying in pretty good detail. So just bear with me here. (sighs) Um, these a further left not only advance their cause through revolutionary aims that openly reject liberalism as a form of oppression, but they also do so with increasingly authoritarian means seeking to establish a thoroughly dogmatic fundamentalist ideology regarding how society ought to be ordered. So that is exactly what modern day wokeism is doing. It's not about liberalism. It's not about tolerance. It's not about diversity in the true sense of the word. It's about control. And that's it. It's about control. It's like this. I heard a good example of this This is actually James Lindsay, uh, the author of this book. So I was listening to his podcast. He has a podcast called new discourses. If you guys are listening to this and you're looking for a podcast to listen to other than this one, go check out new discourses. It is my new favorite podcast. He goes in so much detail about this. James Lindsay is absolutely brilliant with this stuff. Um, but he was talking about modern day wokeism and he used this analogy and it's probably the best analogy that I can think of that I've heard describing this modern day wokeism is like a virus. It's like a virus. And there's actually, he was reading there's, I think he released it this week. It was his newest one on there. And it was about a paper that was written by a uh, leftist academic. I don't remember who it was or exactly when it was written. It was written. I think I want to say like 2017, 2016 sometime back then. But it was this, it was this person and they, this author, and they were describing uh, their ideology, this far left ideology as a cancer and a virus. And they were saying it as if it's a good thing and they're proud of it. And they were saying any reaction to that is proving that the virus is just and good. And that the, that virus is attack house to dismantle them. You always hear this, these phrases on the left, dismantle the system, disrupt, dismantle, destroy this anarchist, these, this anarchistic language, it's like a virus. That's what viruses do. They t- attach themselves to a host and they destroy everything they can until the immune system comes and destroys them. Now, what is the immune system in this, in this analogy, the immune system is the reaction to the virus. It's the, the, it's the, it's the liberal or right of Joseph Stalin, uh, reaction to this virus so the, the the this far left ideology is a virus that is attacking our ethos in the west it's attacking our liberal principles the principles that give us freedom that give us freedom of, of trade freedom of choice freedom of of expression freedom of freedom of privacy freedom of religion all of these things we enjoy on a daily basis and don't even notice that's how good it is we don't have to think about it it's so good Woke ideology wants to take all that, dismantle it, disrupt it, and destroy it and bulldoze it over. And that's straight from the mouth of these people themselves. If you read through even like Saul Alinsky or Antonio Gramsci or Max Horkheimer at the Frankfurt School, if you read these people's work or even uh, Karl Marx, read the Communist Manifesto if you guys have it. This is exactly how they describe their ideology it's about destruction it's about destru- destroying the current system to implement their new one and their new one is a rigid fundamentalist radical ideology that will wipe out anyone that stands in its way and the 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 immune system the thing that attacks the virus and what do what do immune systems do to viruses they eat them alive and kill them that's what they do So that's why you see this reaction on the right of like, nope, not going to happen. Like people sitting there ready to fight because they're sick of this. They can see the virus that the immune system is reacting properly to this virus and they don't know what to do about it because there's this thing on the, there's this, and, and this is the thing too, is a lot of people on the right, they're, they're. You know, more religious. They're more Christian, or at least they have more of these liberal values. Even if you're not necessarily religious, they believe in doing good and being good, and and they believe in freedom and leave, living and letting other people living and letting others live, kind of idea, right? They have good intentions. They're overwhelming you know, majority good people who don't want problems, who don't want chaos, who don't want disruption and dismant dismemberment of of, of a system that is generally working good in the West and has been for over 200 years. And it's worked better than any other human system that's been created thus far. They don't want to destroy it. They want to be able to speak freely and move freely and have privacy and all of these things. And even if people they disagree with, they want them to have a seat at the table and have the same things too. They want people on the other side of the aisle to enjoy the same freedoms that we all enjoy as a result of the of these uh, the, this modern uh, enlightenment school of thought liberalism. And so what these radicals do that are, that are planting this, this ideological virus in our system, especially in our education system, which we'll get into that later in this book, um, is the, the people on the left here, the radical ideologues, they, are, they, they know that. They, they use your good intention. They use your good intention to not want to fight. And they use that against us. And they say, oh, if you do fight back, that's just proof that we're right. That's just proof that if you do, if the immune system does react against us, the virus, that means we're in the right. That means we are being oppressed. Therefore, listen to us more. We're going to use that more as more fuel to the fire to destroy. And they play the victim. It's like if you get, it's like if someone comes up to you and punches you in the face, and then you punch them back, and then the person that you punch back acts like the victim and cries, you know, whatever. That's what they're doing. It's wrong and it's evil. So what I'm saying is there should be a reaction to this. The hard part is to know how far to react or when to react or just how to react in general to this woke ideology, which we're going to get into that. That's exactly what this book is about. And this is kind of an intro as well. I'm just going through the first couple paragraphs of this book here. Um, but yeah, it's it's there's so much chaos to deal with. And trying to sift through how to order through it is the hardest part. And a lot of people, that's the thing about that's another thing about this woke ideology, is it preys on people that don't have an aim, that don't have a goal. It preys on people that are emotionally vulnerable. It preys on people that are have a change of state in their life, especially young people. This is why it's so dangerous in the education systems, because it preys on people that you know, let's say you're going to college, you're moving, you're moving to a different town you've never lived in, you're around people you've never been around you're having all these ideas thrown at you that you otherwise wouldn't just those things alone, just the idea of moving and completely changing your social atmosphere from, from one state to another, you're going to be more emotionally vulnerable. You're going to be more susceptible, susceptible to uh, ideological change. And they, they it's the same thing that cults do where they take that those kinds of people and they manipulate them and they say, Hey, we have the anecdote for this emotional stress that you're under because of this change in your life. And they give them all these little reasons why, and then they prey on those people. It's dangerous. It's so dangerous. And it, that's the that's why I'm doing these episodes. That's why I'm doing this segment specifically so we can recognize when it's happening, understand it, and actually have a backbone to fight against it. Because if we don't, they're going to run us over. That's the thing, too, about this woke ideology is it's hard. It's, it's hard to fight them because if you fight back, they're going to play the victim. And if you don't fight back, they're going to win. And they're going to keep bulldozing. And then if you fight back, like I said, they're going to play the victim and then they're going to use that to just keep bulldozing farther. So it's like, what do you do? It's frustrating. Anyways, I'll leave it at that today. This is more of an intro again as well. Um, Go check out all Peyton's uh, daily news. He's posting every morning that he can. Um, I'm going to be doing these as much as I can after work and things like that. So hope you guys enjoyed. Next one's going to be longer. Next one, we're going to go through probably an entire chapter or as much of it as I can. Uh, Stay tuned for that. It's going to get really like there's so i'm not kidding you like this book is probably been my favorite book i've read in the last several years there's so much it's not that long of a book but there's so much packed into it just just trust me just trust me it'll be good you guys are going to want to hear this you guys are going to want to hear me go through this book it's awesome and it's important because like i said it's going to help us it's going to give us a map uh that'll that'll like allow us to understand what's going on and hopefully understand what we should do about it and how we should fight back and why this shit should be resisted as much as possible. All right. That's all I got for you guys today. Thank you for listening. If you're watching this on YouTube, like subscribe, share. If you're on Spotify, Apple podcasts, hit notification bells, follow whatever you got to do. I don't know how all these platforms work. You do what you got to do. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.